Hello, hello everyone. I hope you're doing well. I know I am. Really excited for this episode, obviously, again. Uh, Tyler Smith, uh, mental health advocate and Humboldt Broncos survivor. Great conversation about mental health and uh, the game in general. Um, I really think this is something that will open a lot of people's eyes and uh, hopefully encourage others to come out and talk about mental health and how important it is. So let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sportsology, the podcast. Today, joining me is mental health advocate and humble Broncos survivor, Tyler Smith. Tyler, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. How's things in, uh, in good old Ottawa for you? Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, school's going well. Uh, you know, you know everything's, everything's going really well. I'm, I'm good. Uh, happy to have this conversation with you. Absolutely. Looking forward to it as well. Yeah. So to start off the podcast, can you tell me a bit about yourself? Yeah, so I uh, <clears throat> I grew up in uh, Leduc, Alberta, which is just outside Edmonton. Um, I grew up playing golf, lacrosse, hockey. Um, those were pretty much my three sports that I would rotate. Um, <clears throat> I was lucky enough; my parents put me through everything and and drove us around me and my brother to you know fulfill our dreams, as they say. And um, obviously, I met some incredible people who are still in my life from the game of hockey, and and then. Uh, move on to junior hockey, which was kind of my way of, of pushing off school and pushing off what I really wanted to do in life. Uh, junior A was just kind of like that perfect lifestyle for me. And um, I, I mean, I love the game, but I also just love the camaraderie and um, going from midget to junior is a, is a big step because you're, you're constantly with your team. You're constantly kind of at the rink and you're traveling on road trips and, and just bonding a lot, which was, uh, which I was all about. I, uh, I just love that atmosphere and love that environment. So, um, I played in Drayton Valley my first year and then moved on to Humboldt, which I, uh, I had zero idea where Humboldt Saskatchewan was before I actually went there. But, um, I mean, as soon as I got there, it was, uh, it definitely was just, it was home. It was, uh, it felt like I, I belonged there and it felt like I was, uh, you know, where I needed to be at that time. So, uh, other than that, I mean, I, I like to think of myself as a pretty social kid. Um, I love being in group settings. I love meeting new people. Um, I love, you know, new experience and, and all that comes with that. So um, I guess that's kind of the cliff notes on, on me. Yeah, I mean, that, that's awesome to hear. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to ask was, you know, when did you know that you wanted to start being like an advocate for the many who struggle with mental health and, you know, might not be able to do things themselves. Cause, um, you know, as, as many may know, it's, it is very hard to speak up and come out and or just even help somebody. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, still to this day, I mean, I even have a hard time attaching mental health advocate to my, you know, to my name, just because I mean, as much as I obviously advocate for mental health and awareness, I mean, I'm just realistically sharing my story. And I mean, as if that can help somebody that, um, then that's a win-win for me. Um, I think the build-up to that was obviously I, I went through the classic, you know, kind of hockey player mentality, you know, suffer in silence, just do your job, put your work boots on and, and make sure everybody else was doing okay, which uh, I think I was so good at for, for the kind of the whole duration of my hockey career anyways. So it was just kind of second nature to me. But um, as time went on and after the accident, I think it was just a case of, you know, I was starting to, 
really have negative effects with my relationships and my friends and, and the people around me just because I mean everybody knew that I was struggling and everybody knew that I was ultimately suffering in silence so um, after seeing that and after hearing that you know that that people knew I was struggling and people knew I was hurting um, I think that was kind of my kick in the ass to be like okay let's figure it out and and let's start taking care of myself and um, with that a lot of people said you know reading is therapeutic and writing is therapeutic but also sharing is therapeutic um, and once again, I had no anticipation of going up in front of a group of people and sharing my story. I mean, I, I really didn't. And, um, but it was a case of, I mean, everybody talks about the third world's biggest fear is, you know, public speaking. And it was, I mean, I, I have no problem, you know, getting up in front of a, a group of people. And I remember that first time I, I got up in front of a, you know, a provincial hockey championship. And um, I guess just feeling the emotion and feeling the feeling the aura um, after I, I spoke and I mean, I literally just wrote down my story and, and shared it and, and looked up and down at the crowd. And um, I think after that, it really kind of propelled me into this idea of, okay, I can, I can somewhat use um, obviously what I've been through to help other people. And it's not a direct, it's not a direct thing where I need to offer advice and offer the perfect scenario and offer, you know, but it's just a case of people want to listen and people want to find a common ground that they can use, I mean, in their life as well. Um, I've, I've learned a ton over the past four years. I mean, there's been so many lessons and so many ups and downs. And I mean, if I can help use those to, you know, project on other people to, you know, just take care of your mental health and, and, and have no shame attached to that and, and make sure that you're taking the necessary steps and in, in whatever you're going through. Um, I think that was kind of, um, my main vision and my main goal with it. Um, I obviously would, I, I really enjoy speaking. I'd love to do it more, but I mean, it's also a case of, um, I mean, I, I'm a terrible self-promoter. I, I, I have no, uh, I have no desire to, you know, reach out to people. I mean, it's just a case of, if anybody wants me to come speak, I, I, uh, I will always answer the door. I mean, I have no problem. I mean, speaking to a wide variety of audiences and it's been super profound and super fulfilling for me honestly yeah I mean you know I, I think what you're doing is uh, absolutely great like obviously being able to use your story and help others who may also be struggling with uh, something similar or uh, even just in general whether it's hockey sport or just just them being themselves I mean it's it's huge having someone to be able to actually be there and uh, help you out and know that someone actually has that story and that they can relate to you in that way with someone else may not be able trying to. So having that, that step up to where you know that there is someone else that is doing this, they know what I'm going through or something similar that I'm going through, I can connect with them. And this makes me actually feel a lot better. Um, I, I, I think that's huge what you're doing. And, you know, obviously um, when people call to you, you'll do it. Right. You know, I like yeah, how you said, you, you know, you're like a big self promoter, but um, you know, even just for me, like, you know, having that connection uh, with uh, my first interview, which was Miles Matilla and uh, him asking, you know, you to, to come on, you know, you were um, pumped to pumped to come on. Right. You, you were happy to come on. Uh, no reason to talk about it. Right. And that's, I think that's, what's huge about mental health and what's getting better with it is that, you know, more people are speaking up and more people are, realizing that you can actually talk about this kind of stuff. It's not something you have to be ashamed of or you have to suffer in silence. It's really something that you actually have to, you know, talk to people about and that's okay. 
Um, so I, I do really think that's amazing what you're doing. Um, but there's one thing I wanted to follow up on from that question is that, do you think that if that didn't happen uh, with Humble, do you still think you would have been as passionate with mental health and um, how you're handling with all of it now if it didn't happen? How do you think you would have been doing it? Man, that's a good question. I have never actually got that question. Um, and I honestly can say um, probably not. Um, I think it's a, it's a case of that. Unfortunately, it took um, what we went through to for me to really understand the whole relationship between physical health and mental health. Um, and I mean, now even looking back, I mean, post-accident, I've had an incredible amount of conversations and meaningful conversations with, you know, my mom, my dad, my brother, my friends. And um, ultimately, I think this this stems from, I guess, me being out there sharing my story. And, um, and I'm just, I'm just so happy that they feel as though they can do the exact same with me. Uh, one, one big lesson I've learned over this is, I mean, it's not about comparing my story to your story or my story to my mom's story. I mean, it's ultimately about finding that common ground and, and finding that, uh, that little thing that can, that resonate with you. I mean, there's so many uh, little quotes and stuff that I've wrote down over these past couple of years that just really resonate with me. And I even do a podcast now too. And I mean, I've, I've had so many guests that, just make me really open my eyes still. And I'm, it's just like, you're forever, you're forever learning. Um, I mean, it's so complex before the accident. I never dealt with anything, you know, trauma related, grief related, um, loss related, uh, anything like that. So, I mean, I never understood the layers of mental health and the magnitude of it. Um, but now I think it's just, I mean, I'm still, I still have an appreciation for the fact that I'm still learning. Um, and I mean, there's so much uh, to learn still, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's just so refreshing now to be able to be in a space where, um, where we can talk about it, um, where I can have these conversations, where I can, I, I personally feel that all of my relationships, all my, like my support system relationships have really grown and strengthened over the past couple of years. Um, just because we will sit around a campfire and, and have a couple of beers and, and just chat about the real things, you know, the real life situations. And um, I'm not saying that <clears throat> every time I get together with my friends and family, we open up and cry our eyes out, but it's a case of when we need to have those conversations, we can. Um, and there's, uh, there's forever going to be no judgment attached on any of our ends. And I mean, I've learned so much about even my parents. I mean, my mom and my dad and both have incredibly eye-opening stories of you know, their childhood or whatever it is. And um, without, you know, without us creating that space in our family to now be able to allow that vulnerability to come through. I mean, I never would have known about that, all that stuff. So I, yeah, it's, that's a tough question because I, I really don't think I would have been as passionate about it. Um, but now, I mean, obviously I, being in this space, I, I think it's just inevitable that I'm passionate about it. And I mean, my mom is a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And I, uh, I had a hard, hard time, you know, comprehending that after everything. Um, and I still have a hard time comprehending that, but I mean, now if I can, you know, it's that, that cliche, if I can even just impact one person, uh, with, with what I'm doing or, or what we're doing here. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's what I'm all about. So. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Right. And you're like, it, though it is a cliche, I, I think it's, I think it's so true. Like 
being able to just help one person. And, and I, I could probably uh, speak to that. It's probably more than one person that you've helped. So I get, I mean, obviously the stories that have, that have came from um, Humboldt and everything that's happened from there before uh, it reached more than just Canada, you know, it, it, it reached many homes and cities and places around the world that, you know, they can relate to this type of stuff, whether it's, you know, going through a, a type of trauma or just having someone that has mental health. And it's really, it's really awesome. Like, like I, I know I'm saying that a lot, but it is really awesome because it, there, there needs to be more speak up about it. And as there is, there's always room to improve on it. Right. And, and for it to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So people know that they can actually say something about it. So I, though it is though the cliche of, um, you know, helping just one person, I do think that you've helped more than one. So I, I, I think that's really cool. Um, uh, one thing I really like to mention is how important the mental game is for athletes and for people in general. Um, why should athletes be physically, but also mentally ready for circumstances? Um, whether it just comes to a game or uh, anything that they go through. Yeah, I think, I mean, I now really value the, like I said, the relationship between the the mental and physical and spiritual health. Um, and I think that's really starting to take a, a proper um, shift in that direction in our game. Um, I mean, I, I coach a peewee team here in Calgary, Alberta. And I mean, even these little 12 year olds, I, I can, we can tell as coaches when their mental game is off. And unfortunately, I mean, you can see it and how it affects their, their game out there. And I mean, these are 11 and 12 year old kids. So, I mean, you think about, you think about these athletes who have, you know, families and, and are traveling all around and have so much pressure. And I mean, there's so many things and I wish I could, I mean, really speak to it more. I wish I had more of a, um, I guess, a real concrete, I guess, set of examples and everything like that. But I even look back to my time in Humboldt. Um, I mean, before the accident, I was, uh, <clears throat> like I said, I'm a, I'm a big dressing room person. I'm a bubbly guy. I love, you know, making sure everybody else is having a, a good time. And, um, but I'm also a fourth link guy, you know, I, I'm also a guy that <laughs> some nights, you know, only plays a couple minutes and, and I mean, that's fine. I mean, I, I truly, I, that's fine. I, uh, I, I embrace that role and, um, but after some time, I'm, I, it's like got to a point where it's just like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I'm like, why am I, you know, like all of my friends are in school, all of my friends are, you know, getting their life together. And I'm just kind of, you know, just playing hockey for like a couple minutes a night, like this is sick. And um, I kind of just, you know, shut down for a couple of days. And I mean, it, it affected my physical game. It affected my, my play on the ice. And I think that's just, I mean, there's so many parallels to the mental and physical aspect. And I need, I know, obviously now that the NHL is, um, I think we still have a long ways to go. Um, but even I do, a, my podcast is with, you know, Seattle Kraken's Riley Shan. I mean, he's a, a, a nine-year NHL vet and he's able to, you know, bring on our guests and, and have open discussions and, and appreciate the fact that although he's a professional athlete, I mean, he also has, he also has mental health as well. I mean, he also has, has, you know, times in his life where he can look back and, and, and just, you know, see how apparent it is that, you know, his mental health wasn't his best at, at times. And I mean, I think for even the both of us, it's just so refreshing to, you know, just see the somewhat the culture shift and somewhat be able to see these guys, you know, taking their time and, and being able to decompress and, 
and, uh, and, and take those steps when they need them, just because, I mean, it's as much as being a professional athlete is, I mean, it's pretty incredible. Um, I've heard Nick nurse, you know, talk about Serge Ibaka being on the street, how many years ago. And as much as, you know, he's being paid millions of dollars now, I mean, it's still a case of, he went through a lot of stuff that has, that has trauma in his life and that's forever going to be carried with him. And I mean, if he doesn't deal with it, then I mean, it's only going to affect his, his physical play out there. So um, there's my little ramble on that. I, uh, I, I, I just, yeah, I'd love to see that, you know, that, that shift is slowly happening. Yeah. I mean, like even talking about an NHL like Riley Sheehan, right. And him opening up about mental health and how it, it's a thing, right. You, you, you know, some people, there are people who, unfortunately don't believe that there isn't like a mental aspect to a game or like that mental health doesn't really affect a person in a way, which, you know, obviously that's not true. Right. Someone who is in the NHL, like, like mentioned he is and him opening up about that and talking about that and how it is important to acknowledge it and, you know, be aware of it and, you know, take care of yourself. Right. Can I have like that, um, <clears throat> that self-love. So um, I think that's a, that's a bit amazing example of, uh, you know, even, from how low of a hockey it is to how high hockey is, right? Um, you can see like there is a contrast and there is like aspects that are the same, right? Whether it's the NHL, whether it's the lowest league in the world, you're still going to have to deal with mental health and what it is and you still have to have to take care of yourself. So I uh, totally agree. Um, so unsinkable. Um, can you tell the listeners a bit about that? Yeah, Unsinkable is kind of like the first, uh, so they're a, a group that helps, you know, individuals tell their stories and um, they really have an emphasis on, you know, mental health and trauma and, and grief and all that. And uh, they're an amazing group of people that I've been able to work with uh, quite closely, but they approached me, I think probably, you know, a year, year and a half after the accident and just said, um, we'd love to hear your story. Um, it wasn't a case of, you know, they had all these guidelines and expectations. They just said, you know, write down your story and we'd love to check it up on your website or check it up on their website. And um, so I sat in my room and, and wrote down my story. And um, I think at, at first, I, I once again anticipated probably, you know, my grandma and grandpa and my mom and dad to read it and, and you know, people that are, you know, reading it just because they know me really well. Um, but I, uh, I was completely dumbfounded at, at how much, you know, love and support I received from, you know, so many friends and family. And, um, I remember I still have all the screenshots of all the people that reposted it on Instagram. And, um, just cause it was that first, that real, like one of those real first moments, um, where I, it, it kind of triggered me into, um, the best way of being like, wow, you know, my vulnerability can really impact other people and, and offer hope to other people that, that need it. Um, and I think that, uh, that was just super refreshing for me, you know, just being like my words, um, my story, what I've been going through and can really help. Um, and I think that was just that, that first moment. And, and now, I mean, Unsinkable still doing amazing work, um, and just trying to continually create that awareness and, and continue to create that inclusivity, um, and just, you know, create that create something that people, you know, can, can really look forward to, to reading and, and being a part of and, and having that community of people that, um, that all believe in the same things and, and have the same strong values around, you know, what we're trying to do in the mental health awareness space. Yeah. I mean, uh, talking about having a community, right. You have all those people reading it and being able to connect with that story. And then many other stories that are also posted on there is it's, it's, it's amazing how people can come together because of something that, 
they also deal with it. They also know somebody who deals with it, right? They can connect with that and have that kind of association between, even if it's just on a screen, this is someone's real story. And this is something that I can, you know, connect to and I can relate. And this is something that I can maybe be like, okay, you know what? I've had this happen before, or I've had something like this happening before. This is okay. Like, you know, that I, I can, I can talk about this. I can actually really feel better in a way, maybe about this or, or start to feel better. Um, so I, 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 um, I just want to touch on that because I, I really thought that was really cool and awesome. Uh, um, so with something like hockey being so huge in your life, you kind of touched on it a bit, but life after hockey, what was that like? Yeah, obviously our situation was different. Um, I mean, after the accident, I personally thought I'd, you know, maybe never play competitive hockey again. Um, just with the extent of my injuries. And uh, I mean, for, I was fortunate enough to, you know, make a full recovery somewhat and, and get back to playing in Humboldt and, you know, make that return. But um, even then, I mean, it was still a case of, I knew I, I needed to be somewhere else. I knew, knew I needed to be with, you know, my support system. And, um, and I think, you know, being able to, to find that balance was tough for me at, at first. Um, I even went back to play the, with the junior B team in my hometown, just because, I mean, as much as I am done my, you know, pursuit of, you know, professional hockey and all that, I mean, it's still something that I think hockey will be a part of my life for the rest of my life, no matter what. And um, obviously it's going to be in a different aspect than what I, I used to know. Um, but I mean, even now coaching, I mean, it's, I, I never thought I'd coach, um, but it is so incredibly amazing to be able to be in these kids' lives and, and help instill some values that, you know, they can look back on hopefully and be like, you know, that's, that was from our coaches or, or whatever it may be. I mean, as much as I can, you know, try and pinpoint those or try and give examples from my time in Humboldt. I mean, these kids are also just to see the, the pure joy again. I mean, to see the pure joy of just playing the, this game and just being able to be with these guys and be with their team. And um, I think that's something that I will always long for now that I'm a part of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, life after hockey is, yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough because I mean, like I said, I, I think I always want to stay in the game now. And I mean, even I find myself playing rec league every once in a while, I played you know, two games a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I miss this, you know, I miss getting a sweat. I miss, you know, being in the dressing room and all that. So uh, yeah, we'll see what kind of comes next, but I'm very much a, you know, take a day by day kind of person. And, and just now, you know, fully embrace the journey aspect of it and not always look for the end destination and, and, you know, all that. So yeah. Process versus outcome. I, I, that, that, that was really important there. I really like that. Um, one last question uh, I didn't want to ask is just about, you know, people supporting you uh, through like every, everything that's happened, like even, even just through like your hockey career and, um, and up to now. Uh, and I know it's hard to name one because I've, I've, you know, I've asked many athletes and, and people this before. Um, but for you, who is your biggest supporter? You don't have to name one, but like, like who, like, you know, who, who would that be for you? I mean, I, I'm, I'm very lucky. I have such an amazing family. Um, obviously we grew a ton, um, after the accident, um, even my brother, I mean, my brother was the, my brother and I's relationship was the classic, you know, kind of, he goes plays hockey, you know, we'll spend a summer together. We'll hang out here and there. Um, but now, I mean, 
obviously he's in Leduc and I'm in Calgary, but it's a case of, you know, we try and make an effort every time to see each other and, and really enjoy the time. I mean, we have the most competitive um, rivalry in, in golf every summer. I mean, every time we get the chance to, to play 18, it's an all out war, but um, I mean, I even, you know, now having my girlfriend who I didn't even know at the time of the accident, I mean, she's just been incredible for, um, then she challenges me in, in ways that I, I need to be challenged still, um, as much as I, you know, preach vulnerability and I preach, you know, having these conversations. I mean, I still find myself reluctant to really, you know, take those steps at times just because it is tough. Um, and I mean, I, I was so used to, you know, just keeping it inside and dealing with it myself, but she's challenged me in that way to, to know that, okay, like she's there, you know, like it's a, I can speak about it. I can talk about it. And, uh, I mean, there's been so many individuals, there's been so many incredible people in the hockey world, even, um, Ron McLean. I mean, there's, there's a name that, I mean, most people in Canada know about and, I mean, uh, we've been fortunate enough to, to get support from Ron and, and have him come to events and, and have him, you know, just be there. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. And yeah, I could, uh, I could go down the line for sure. There's a, there's a, a long, long list. I mean, I have such an amazing friend group that we have the most, <laughs> the most enjoyable summers you could probably have as a friend group. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I think it's hard to obviously, like you said, pinpoint just one or two. Yeah, and my I, mom I and usually, my dad. <laughs> or, <laughs> I, I, I usually I usually ask that and I, I kind of think to myself, I'm like, you know, it's probably pretty hard to like just ask one because if you pick like say like your mom and you don't say your dad, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, you know, but um, I, I realize that now. So that's why I was kind of like you can name more than one. You don't have to ask yeah. like, one person. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, always having that huge support group, like you said, you have like your family, your girlfriend, um, your your friends and then obviously having almost everybody like or everybody actually in the, in the sports world hockey just be behind you and offer that support um it's huge and you know obviously having the support when you're playing and not playing is is big for anybody right you know having or being being able to you know talk or just actually open up or whatever it is just have a fun time it's uh it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to be able to do so um i appreciate that for doing that but um you know Thank you for coming on. Everything you said, everything that you've uh, mentioned, um, you know, obviously I hope this, you know, opens a lot of other people's eyes and realizing that, you know, mental health is um, something that you can talk about and not something that you have to, you know, hide behind a curtain or maybe not be able to, to do. So I, I really do appreciate that and you coming on. Thank you. Oh, of course, man. I, uh, I love what you're doing. I think it's uh, so important to have, you know, this space and, and creating this atmosphere for people. And uh, yeah, I, I admire what you do and uh, yeah, it's uh Keep, keep going, man. Yeah, this is it's what it's all about. So props to you. And that does it for another episode of Sportsology, the podcast. As always, I will be linking the socials in the description of the podcast. So you want to check out me or Tyler, you can. Uh, and as I mentioned on my Instagram story, I still will be releasing my podcast on Tuesdays, but not at 7. I figure, you know, a lot with the schedules going on with school and stuff like that. It's just a little bit too much. And I hope you guys will understand. And I do appreciate your understanding. And I am sorry about that for in the future. But it will be every Tuesday just to make sure about that. I'm also going to be linking Tyler's podcast in the description, as I think talking about mental health and being able to expose yourself to that is huge. And knowing that it's okay to not be okay. So till next time, my name is Zach Stain. You have a great day. Thank you.